Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Welcome to episode 21 of the Maker Mom podcast. I mean, I can hardly believe that we're at episode 21 and officially over the first 1,000 downloads of the podcast. So thank you very much to all of you who listen and are enjoying the show. I love hearing from you um, and love suggestions too on other Maker Moms that you want to hear from on the show. That's always awesome. Um, also, I want to see all of you become a part of the official Maker Mom podcast tribe. So please head on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Maker Mom podcast and check out how you can join in on the tribe. Um, March is coming up really soon. Actually, it will be March 1st when this uh, episode is released. And so... I will be planning ahead for the next, for the second um, Maker Mom podcast online meetup. So you definitely want to become part of the Patreon Maker Mom tribe before then so that you can join in on that meetup. Anyways, getting to today's guest. I'm super excited. Today's guest is Britt with Overalls and Power Saws on Instagram. Um, She is a wife, a mother of four four, uh, and the oldest is seven. So she has four, seven and younger. She makes furniture. She makes home decor. She's getting into mosaics and mountain art. She just really is hitting a home run with all of the making that she's doing. Plus, um, managing, you know, four kids, seven and under and, and being a wife. So she has a lot of great, tidbits about her journey that she shares and we also do a good amount of shop talk and she shares some of her favorite tools in the shop you won't want to miss that either so with no further ado here's Britt with overalls and power saws well Britt why don't we start with uh if you could just give a little bit of an introduction about yourself you know the what you like to make and about your kids and your family okay um, I'm Brittany. I am 29. I turned 30 this year, which I'm not sure how I feel about, but, <laughs> um, I have four kids. I've got a seven, five, three, and two year old. So it's a lot of kids within a span of five years. So my life's a little crazy, but I've been married for almost 10 and I started woodworking about three years ago and I mostly build furniture and home decor and I've been dabbling a little in mosaics and mountain art lately so awesome yeah I've seen some of your work with the the mosaics and the mountain art and I really love that that aesthetic I think that's pretty cool thanks yeah it's really fun it's like a whole whole new like genre for me so it's been really fun to to dabble in that yeah 
Um, all right. So four kids, seven and under. Um, that is definitely a handful, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so are they, I would assume seven-year-old is in school, but are the rest of them at home with you? Um, so the seven-year-old is, sorry, they're trying to get in right now. I'm at my mom so that she could watch them for me. And I've got kids knocking on the door currently. So, you know, what? Um, I have told every maker mom on here, especially, you know, stay at home moms and they've got the kids in the background and they're like, I don't know if I can keep them quiet during the interview. This show is called maker mom. So it is totally <laughs> acceptable and okay. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> uh, okay. One second. I don't know, but it's not in here. Go find grandma. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No. Um, so I don't remember your question at this point. That's my, <laughs> I told you I'm feeling so scatterbrained oh, today. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I asked a uh, seven-year-old is in school. Yes. Okay. And then so yeah, she's in second grade. And then my five-year-old will be in kindergarten this year, but she and my three-year-old are in preschool together. Okay. So three days a week, I just have one for a few hours, which is really nice. Although she stopped napping. That used to be my nap time. I would do my yeah. nap time hustle and get everything I needed to done. But I assumed it too. She would still nap and she just has stopped entirely. Won't do it. So I usually will try and well, during the winter, I've been bringing stuff inside to work on. So she'll hang out with me while I do it. But um I try to just get her in front of an iPad or something so I can get some stuff done. So I, I hear that's, that. that's real life for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, I absolutely hear that. Um, how close to three is your two-year-old? August. August. So uh, halfway. Yeah, my youngest just turned three um, just a few weeks ago, and at the end of January, and. It's been like, I don't know, I tried solidly for like the last two months up to her birthday that on the weekends, like putting her down for a nap and she just would not do it. And so now I've just given up <laughs> um, and I miss the nap time. Yeah. Yes, I miss the nap Oh, time. I know. I, I miss it too. And my two-year-old, I swear the minute she turned two, she just became the most stubborn little girl just hard-headed just no matter what you say she's against it and so she would not nap and she would absolutely not potty train until she decided and <laughs> anything I try and tell her it's like no so she's a constant battle and I'm like what happened to my angel baby <laughs> yep absolutely <laughs> understand all of that um all right. Yeah, so but with her turning three in August, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, with her turning three in August, she actually will be in preschool this coming school year. So I'll get that two and a half hours, three days a week where I have no kids. And I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> that will be amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's take a little bit of a step back, what was your childhood like? 
Um, you know, kind of where did you um, grow up? What kind of things were you interested in? I grew up in Dallas. Um, I was there until I was 15 and then my family moved to Utah. And um, aside from moving around for a few years with my husband, we've pretty much been here ever since. So um, I played sports growing up and danced. I played tennis all through high school. And um, my dad actually is a hobby woodworker. And so I grew up with it and being around it all the time. I grew up, you know, my mom's a crafter. And so I grew up going to Michael's with my mom and going to Home Depot with my dad. And so it's kind of in my blood. But um, as I grew up a little and got older and started having kids. I started getting into crafting and sewing and crocheting and things like that. Um, just because I needed a hobby. I couldn't be a stay at home mom because it was driving me nuts and I needed something else. And then, um, after we moved back to Utah, I started getting into woodworking with my dad and I've been doing that ever since. Awesome. Um, did you have any like secondary education? Did you go to college at all? I did go to college for a few years. Um, I didn't finish my degree because I got married and we moved immediately after getting married. And so I put that on hold for a little bit, but I did get a, um, I think they call it a diploma officially, but it was a dental assisting diploma I guess it took six months but um I and I was a dental assistant before having kids and I loved that I loved every minute of it awesome okay um so what was that transition like going from working world to stay-at-home mom um oddly enough it was very it felt very natural to me it felt like that was what I was supposed to be doing and that was the norm. Motherhood didn't come all that natural. <laughs> um, like I didn't end up breastfeeding with my kids because it just was so forced and was not working and I didn't produce. And, and so I did end up formula feeding. And so, you know, that kind of side of things were kind of rough and it was hard transitioning, but um, it was great I mean I loved being at home I loved being able to be around my baby all day long and being the one that raised her my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she raised us all our lives and um I just really wanted that for my family as well so okay um when you did get into crafting kind of as a hobby to help you with your sanity while being a stay-at-home mom which we know um <laughs> Kids, kids are a lot of work and they, um, take a lot of energy. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so what kind of crafting did you start with when you first got started? Um, pretty much anything that I could find on Pinterest. I was such a Pinterest junkie and any kind of like little home decor or kid craft or, I like with sewing, I liked to do um, blankets and burp cloths and bibs and things for my, for my babies. And so I decorated their rooms with like little paper craft cutouts that I would make. And um, eventually my husband got me a cricket for one mother's day one year. And that just like took off with all my crafting. I was so excited. 
And um, so, yeah, I just pretty much anything I could find on Pinterest, I would recreate. So. So what ended up leading you to then go from, you know, that crafting that you were enjoying and uh, start woodworking with your dad? Well, when we moved back to Utah, we lived in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Oregon for a few years and then moved back. And we bought the house that we're currently in about four years ago. And when we moved in, we had this old hand-me-down dining room table from my husband had it before we even got married and he'd had it for several years. And then the people before him had had it for several years. I don't even know how old it was, but it was very old and falling apart. And so I knew we needed a new table and the dining room that we had in our new house was much larger than the table. And so it looked ridiculous. It's a little four man square table. It looked ridiculous sitting in that dining room, but I knew with the table that the style I wanted and the length that I wanted, because it would fit a nine foot table. And so I knew we wouldn't be able to afford a big farmhouse, chunky, solid, like good farm or good nine foot table. Um, unless I built it. So I found some shanty to chic plans online and I brought them to my dad and I was like, do you think we can do this? And he's like, heck yeah, let's do it. So of course my very first woodworking project ever was a giant nine foot table with a bench and um I yeah I knew nothing about it but as soon as I made that first cut it just sparked something in me and like fueled this fire for it and I absolutely fell in love with it well awesome um I think it's great that you took on such a big project um to start with and i don't think you're alone there though you know there's been a few maker moms i've had on that started with like you know patio furniture type tables and stuff like that that they wanted to be large for gathering of a bunch of people and stuff so that's awesome um it sounds like though you said you were you know around it as a kid because your dad's a woodworker did you do any small mm-hmm. projects with him when you were a kid teenager I don't remember much um, from when I was real little. I'm sure I'm out there all the time. So I'm sure I'd grab a hammer or do something, you know, to help him here and there. But uh, when I was in seventh grade, I took wood shop and I did really enjoy that. I don't really know why I didn't continue to take that throughout junior high, but I kind of kick myself now because I'm like, dang, if I had taken it through junior high and high school, like I could have had a way better kickstart on my woodworking education than just throwing myself into it and figuring it out as I go. But um, yeah, I wasn't super involved when I was younger, but I wish I would have been. All right. Um, So it sounds like definitely when you got started, you were meeting a need for your own home. At what point in time, Mm -hmm. or I guess, you know, I'm not necessarily clear, have have you transitioned into this as like a business now? Um, you know, making custom pieces or is this still mainly, mainly friends and family and just what you enjoy making? Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a full blown business. I do occasionally take custom orders, the big six foot by four foot mountains that I just built and the five foot by two foot mosaic that I did. Those are both custom orders for some local people. And, 
Um, so occasionally, yeah, I will take on stuff like that, but I don't go out there and like advertise that I do custom builds or anything like that. I just kind of word of mouth, I'll get a few pieces here and there, but mostly it's built for family or for my own home. And then I do tutorials for what I've built and put them on my blog. Okay. Um, so maybe more so as far as business side, it's the, like the content creation, doing the tutorials, um, like the how to's. Right. Do you also have a YouTube channel? I do. <laughs> it has one video on it. It was poorly made and poorly edited. I'm not like a blogger or a videographer by any means. So I have, I've won, but I, I don't really have plans to add to it. That is a whole other beast that I have yet to tackle. And I'm just trying to hone in on my blogging right now. So. Okay. And that's totally fair. I think that, you know, not, not every media medium is uh, appropriate for every person. It's what you're comfortable with doing, right? And you want to go for what you're comfortable with and excel at that. That's what's probably the best option anyways. Um, so when did you start doing your blog? Um, it's been about 18 months now since I started. Um, I had been talking about doing one for years and I had friends that were like, I can't believe that you have not started a blog. You could be doing so well at this and like, you're so great at building. And cause I would just build furniture for friends or family or whatever, just for fun and post it on my personal Instagram and, and whatever. But, um, finally I was like, okay, if I can figure out a name that I like, I'll start this thing. So that's what started it for me was I, I always wore overalls in the shop. That was kind of my go-to. They're the best because they come all the way up in the front. So they smooth out the mom pooch, which I'm a huge fan of. And then also when you're bent over and you're going up under a build with your drill and, you know, then your pants aren't coming down and they keep everything just up and tight and in place and I love it. So I always wear them in the shop and I thought I always use power saws. So that's where overalls and power saws stemmed from and it just kind of has bloomed from there. That's, that's awesome. Um, were you, so it sounds like you were a little hesitant to get started with the blog. Um, what was, you know, what was that barrier in your way? Not, letting you kind of just jump right into it? Um, I think that I, I still, to a degree, I'm a little bit intimidated by the whole thought of it um, because I started work, work, sorry, I started woodworking um, with plans from the giants like Shanty Chic and Anna White. And so starting out, I'm, I was comparing myself to that and saying, how could I ever be anything close to that? And um, finally, it just dawned on me that if I, if I keep comparing myself like that, I'm never going to start. I'm never going to get anywhere. And so I had to just jump into it. And if it, you know, grows into a business and becomes something bigger, that's great. But if it doesn't, at least I tried. Yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, imposter syndrome or the comparison thing 
can kind of get in our way at times, right? And it's like, like I follow people on Instagram who I really admire their work. Like that's, you know, maybe the direction I want to take some of my work. And, and sometimes it's great because it's inspiration, but a lot of times I'll find myself doing that whole comparison. Like there's no way I could ever create anything even half as good as that, you know, um, and then that can spiral down to sometimes like, okay, so what the hell am I doing? Why am I even doing this at all? Um, <laughs> but it's good to maybe take a step back and just be like, nope, you know, there's only one you and you and you will do it differently no matter what because you can't do it the same. You're not the same person as those people. Exactly. And I think especially as women's, women and especially as moms, we often compare ourselves to other moms or the mommy bloggers of the world and how they have it so perfect and what am I doing wrong? But as long as you are there for your kids and you're showing up for them and you're loving them, you're doing the best that you can. And I guarantee you that behind all those beautifully edited photos is a giant pile of laundry and dishes in the sink and all of that. And you know, and same goes for the DIY world is, you know, behind that beautifully crafted piece of furniture is a messy shop or, you know, years and years of failing before finally getting to that point. And it's really hard when you're looking at Instagram and all you're seeing is the beautiful photos and you're not seeing the messy and the failing. And that's one thing that I try to show as well. I like to show my process. I like to show, you know, I did stories yesterday and my kitchen behind me had dishes piled up and there was food on the island. And I'm like, sorry, my kitchen's dirty, but that's real life. You know, like I try to be as real as I possibly can because I don't want anyone to ever think that I have this like magical life. I don't. I'm a totally normal mom and a normal maker. And I get women you know, I've had people message me and they're like, I love how real you are. I'm so glad, you know, that you just tell it like it is and that you can be this mom and can be a maker and still have a life of your own and be a good mom. That's so important to me to whether you're a mom or a dad to be able to find something that you love as, as much as you love being a parent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a very, very good point. Um, let's shift gears slightly and talk a little bit about, let's talk shop a little bit. Okay. So okay. Your, your shop is at your house, right? Yes. It's in my garage. Okay. So what tools do you have in your shop that uh, or were there any tools, I guess, in your shop that you found a little bit intimidating the first time you went to use them? Um, not in my shop, no. Um, oddly enough, I did. I never found a miter saw intimidating, and that was the first tool that I had. Um, I bought one for myself for my birthday. <laughs> I bought my own birthday present <laughs> for um, about three years ago when I started this and, um, and I built a miter saw stand around it. And that was my whole shop to start out with was my stand and my miter saw. And I had like a drill and 
that's about it. <laughs> so I think it's funny, people get so caught up about, well, if only I had all these tools, but I built so much with just a miter saw and a drill and a Craig jig. Like you can do anything if you put your mind into it. But now my shop has grown a little bit. I built a, a, store, a lumber storage cart, which you can find the plans for that and for the miter saw sand, both on my blog. Um, and then I have circular saw, reciprocating saw, all the kind of saws that you can hang up on your pegboard, which I have. And then um, just this last year, a few months ago, maybe six months ago, um, I had a ridiculously huge box show up in my garage. And I went to go open it and had no idea what it was or where it came from. And a fellow maker on Instagram, his name's Tim at TMO Make, um, sent me a table saw. And I was absolutely blown away. I teared up. I could not believe that somebody would send something so big like that um, to somebody that they barely knew. I'm just always blown away by this community. But that right there, I was like, I can't believe that this is happening. Is this real life? What is this? And so it's a job site, um, DeWalt table saw, and that sits on the floor of my garage. And <laughs> I use a, a knee pad to kneel down next to it and cut, but it's so perfect. I love it so much. So I have that addition as well. And then a few other hand-me-down tools that my dad has given me, like his old belt sander, um, like a stand-up one, not like a handheld one. Um, and I think that's about it. It's still pretty small just because I'm one of those rare woodworkers that likes to park my car in the garage. <laughs> not everybody <laughs> cares about that, but I do. So I just keep it all to one side of the garage. And then the other side is my husband's stuff and lawnmower and all the yard stuff. So I have to keep it small for that reason. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, especially if you're in Utah, right? You get cold months and weather. And oh, yes. Yeah, just like, you know, we do here in Iowa. And so, like, now my shop is separate. But um, when I was in the garage, that was kind of always the struggle of making sure at least the van could fit in. So that during the winter time, like the kids can load up in the garage versus having to go outside in the snow and the cold to get into the vehicle. So, yeah, I think exactly. <laughs> I don't want to go out and scrape all the snow and I no. off my car in the morning. No. Like I just want to get in and go. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. So what would be like your dream tool to be able to like purchase? Um, right now, I think it would be a bandsaw. Um, I had a bandsaw about a year ago. I tried the little uh, nine-inch, like, tabletop Ryobi bandsaw, and I had it for about three weeks and broke three blades. And I have no idea what was going on, but I kept changing the blade, and I watched tutorials on it and made sure I was, you know, I called my dad over and had him check it out and everything. And it just kept busting. So I took it back 
and haven't bought one another one since but I would love to have like a big standalone steel industrial bandsaw yeah that was like that is the biggest purchase I've made um for my shop um I bought a <clears throat> Laguna bandsaw two years ago for my birthday. That was my birthday present to myself. Nice. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't regretted it since because like I don't have a table saw, but I can get a lot done with between my bandsaw and my miter saw, you know, and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. saws and stuff. I don't feel like I'm missing out. Like on my long list of tools that I feel like I need to get table saw is probably like, I don't know, number 25. It's still pretty low on the list for me, but yeah. What is your favorite go-to tool like that you use like the most that you're the most comfortable with? Um, My favorite big tool is probably my miter saw. Uh, I just actually upgraded my miter saw from, I had a 12 inch sliding Ryobi miter saw. And it kind of crapped out on me. <laughs> I've had it for just about two years. And then the motor just quit working. It wouldn't even cut through barnwood. So I gave that away because my friend thinks that she can fix it. So it's like, good luck. Here you go. <laughs> and bought the new rigid 12-inch sliding miter, which I'm very stoked about because it cuts all the way to 70-degree miters, not just 45 so that opens up like a whole new world of geometric um, mosaics and art and all that. So I'm really excited about that. But it's definitely my go-to big tool. But my little tool um, that I, I'm shocked at how much I love it. But it's my works. Um, let me make sure I get the, the title of it right. So if anyone wants to look it up, they can. It's the it's works brand, W-O-R-X. The, um, it's their mini plunge circular saw. So it's about nine inches long and it's handheld and it just has about a three inch blade on it. And it's just a teeny little circular saw and you can just make little easy cuts with it. And, um, I did my master bath with a barnwood accent wall behind the toilet and did a couple of floating shelves in it. And then I had to cut grooves out of the barnwood to fit around the floating shelves. And that little tool made it so easy. And I've used it a million times since then. It's like my go-to, just grab it and make quick cuts with it. And it's so, since it's so teeny, it's easy to take on the job. I often do walls and wainscoting and things like that. So if I, have an install it's so easy just to take with me that sounds awesome I have not seen that tool so I will definitely be one of the people looking that up (laughs) um and (laughs) it's really cool yeah once I do look it up I'll make sure I put a link um in the show notes so everybody else can kind of check it out too I've really um I have the works again the w-o-r-x um little workbench with the clamps with it um oh yes the pegasus yes the pegasus and i have that as well i love it so much i I love i loved it so much that i went and like bought a second one because i was like it (laughs) is like it's just super awesome and it's uh 
so great with those clamps, like the way they integrated that whole clamping system. I know. Awesome. I know. I want to buy like three more so that I can make a whole table out of them. <laughs> but I love that they collapse yeah. so you can store them. And then I can pull it out and just, just pop up the sides and it makes a table. And that's so perfect for my situation because I can just pull my car out and pull out that table and I've got an extra workspace and then collapse it and pull my part, car back in. So it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I use, um, exactly. I mean, I have, you know, a full like two car garage, um, shop, but even that it's like, I've got my benches that are up all the time, like my workspace that's up all the time, but I love those because you can store it. And then it's like, Oh, I still need extra space. Like, you know, I've used up all the space I have mm-hmm. for, like clamping stuff up or whatever, <laughs> but it's really nice to bring that up. And I've found with the clamps too, it's really nice for um, carving when I do carving with an angle grinder, like to be able to use that system to clamp the piece up and uh yeah that would be great going anywhere yep yep I really Mm -hmm. really enjoy that so now that I know they have like a little mini like uh circular saw I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because I've been impressed impressed with other stuff from that company for sure I have as well and um it's funny because I hadn't heard of them before and I'll be honest they sent me the circular saw to try out but I fell in love with it and I, I hope that my follower, I think they all know, my followers know that, um, that when I do a review, it's an honest review. There have been products before that I've been sent that I'm like, I don't love this. And so I hope people understand that when I am sent stuff, it's to give an honest review. And so, um, anything I've gotten from work, so, I mean, they're a great company. And so I got, a screwdriver of theirs for Christmas and it was on what is the the home shopping network oh, yeah 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 what is yeah, yeah. Q, QVC and, um, like that. yes it was yeah. on QVC and it's like this little screwdriver that just a teeny handheld one and it has this little clamp on the very front of it that you can put the screw into the clamp and it will hold the screw in place for you so all you have to do is just press it against the wall and it will screw it into place and it like opens as it gets closer so that the screw just, it's amazing. It's genius. It's, that is genius. It's genius. <laughs> it's so innovative and I'm, and since it's so small and like, yeah. it's, you know, it's not super powerful or anything, but it's a little battery powered thing. And I got that as a stocking stuffer for Christmas this year because I'm like, this thing is so cool. And I just keep it inside my house. That's like my in my house hanging pictures and little things like that kind of screwdriver. And I love it. Yeah, that sounds super cute, too. Now I'm going to have to find like a link for that, too. <laughs> Put that up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so people listening make sure you check out the show notes for sure for this episode because there's going to be links to some cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right okay so woodworker um doing the well not anymore but kind of nap time hustle a lot and um (laughs) having four kiddos you know all still pretty young and blogging Mm -hmm. and doing all that how do you manage it all Um, I don't, (laughs) I'll be honest, it's, 
it's pretty crazy at times. And there are many times that I've had to step back and reprioritize everything in my life because it seems like when I get really focused on something, other areas of my life start to fail. And so I've had times where I've been so focused on my woodworking and on getting projects done that my home life struggles and I'm not being the mom that I should be or the housewife that I should be or the wife that I should be. And um, so then I have to take a step back and reprioritize and, and ask myself, you know, is this really something that's absolutely necessary that I get done? And for me, it's not. The, the nice thing about blogging is that once you get a blog post out there, it's out there forever. And so I'm not constantly feeling like I need to produce posts because if people want to go to my website, there's over almost 30 posts on my website right now. And it's like barely a year old. And so there's plenty of content on there if people want to go and look at the tutorials. But um, so that part is nice because I can step back from blogging for a month or two even and reprioritize everything and not feel like I'm stressed to create content. So it's, it's really important for me to stay organized. Um, like when I go out to the shop, I need to know exactly what I'm doing at that time and how much time I have to get it done. Because then once my kids are home from school, I have to set that aside and be like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm being the mom right now. I'm going to get dinner ready and get everything. And then after dinner, I'm like, okay, now I have an hour. I can go out and I can get exactly this done and then come back in and get the kids to bed. So it's important for me to like, I take notes constantly and I'm always reprioritizing and organizing and figure out exactly like time management is really important. So I try, but I'll be honest, I fail a lot. <laughs> so it's <laughs> whatever works for you. It's a lot of trial and error. So. Yeah. And as kids grow up, then like their needs and their schedules and all of that changes, right. They get busy with stuff and I feel like, That's yes, right. it'll be constant reorganization until the, the day the last one is out of the house. And even that doesn't guarantee that you aren't having to rearrange yeah. things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so what's your favorite part about being a maker? Oh, my absolute favorite part is when I see something in my mind that I've completely created on my own. Like, for example, my IGBC coffee table from last year. Um, it, well, I guess the top wasn't entirely my idea because I had seen it from another maker where it split, it splits in the middle and opens. And I wish I could think of his name off the top of my head so I could give him credit. But I did ask him permission if I could use the split top. But the legs were my design and the herringbone top to where it splits open and it kind of looks like, I've had people be like, it looks like Jaws because the herringbone's crisscrossed across the top. But Something like that, seeing it in my mind, and then, you know, a month or so later, seeing it created and in person and having it come to life, and then I'm like, wow, that's the coolest feeling ever. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, especially since you're doing like the, the tutorial blog, do you um, kind of make plans for everything in advance before you even make it? Or are you kind of like making them as you go? Or like, how's that process work when you're working on designing something and then turning it into a tutorial? It depends on the project, I think. Um, sometimes I'll just start going and I just take progress pictures as I go. And then when I'm finished, I'll go back and figure out all the dimensions and then I can make a cut list and everything from there. And then sometimes when it's not like a smaller, more simple project like that, when it's like a bigger furniture build, I'll have to sketch it all out and do the measurements and cut list and everything beforehand so that I have that to go off of. <laughs> And then I can use that again for the tutorial after. But I haven't ventured into like SketchUp or anything like that yet. Um, so mine are more tutorials than plans, but I do take step-by-step -step photos for everything. So, and I've had people say like, your tutorials are so detailed, like it really helps. And I try really hard to make them as detailed as possible because I've followed plans before where I'm like, wait, did that skip a step? I don't know what I'm supposed to do here or it'll describe something, but not have a photo. And I'm a very visual person. And so I'm like, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to do. and just kind of guess and hope it comes together. <laughs> so I try really hard to make mine as detailed as possible to make them as easy as possible for people to follow. Okay, awesome. I was just curious about that. Um, Cause I do uh, YouTube videos on a lot of my projects, but I don't provide any kind of, uh, plan or really dimensions in general um, probably because that's how my brain works I don't work well from a plan I always kind of work best yeah. with just like yeah that looks about right and <laughs> kind of going from there um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was just just curious if you know you're going kind of um, maybe not the full plans route but you're giving more information um, how much of that you need to know up front versus you know what you can grab on the back end of things. Um, so what's your favorite part about being a mom, especially a mom of, of four? Um, my favorite part of being a mom is when it's the sweet and rare moments that I get from my kids. And my kids are sweet. They're wonderful children. I love them so much. But every kid has a side to them that you're just like, oh, go away, why do I have you? <laughs> and so the moments where my oldest, who's seven, she's now at a point where she just kind of is like, eh, I don't really like you, mom. Like, I don't really want anything to do with you. She'll occasionally come up to me and snuggle me on the couch or be like, mom, you're my best friend, just randomly. And that just melts my heart. And I'm like, okay. Okay, these moments, that's what makes it worth it because I lose my mind on a daily basis. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Parenting is the hardest thing anybody will ever do. But it's moments like those where you're like, okay, I got it. Like this morning, my two-year-old came and she cuddled right up to me in bed and just looked right up at me and just said, morning, mom. And just like that little moment and then she turned around and like peed all over the bathroom floor. And so I'm like, oh, you had to ruin it. You ruined the moment. <laughs> but that's, that's very 
parenting. That's life right there. So absolutely. Like it, I always say it is the hardest, most challenging job you will ever have, but probably the most rewarding job you will ever have as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have there been any challenges you feel like that you've, um, had to face or come across being a female maker and kind of more traditionally male dominated field? Um, I actually really haven't. Um, a, a couple of times I've had, you know, random people on the internet make comments, you know, about, um, like you're doing this wrong or you don't know what you're doing or, you know, things like that. Or, or I've even had somebody say, get back to the kitchen, which I was like, what is this? The fifties? Like what is wrong with you? But for the most part, no. And I used to sometimes get um, like at Lowe's or Home Depot, they'd be like, Oh, you know, what's your husband working on or whatever, you know, what's this that you're buying for your husband? And, and I have to just be like, oh, it's for me. Like, I'm making it. And, um, but I haven't had that recently, which has been really nice. So, but for some reason, more when I was starting out. But lately, it's been, I ha and I haven't even had any comments like that on the internet in a while. So, I, I hope that that means that people are recognizing more that women do belong in this industry and that they are just as powerful and as smart and as capable as, as any guy that's doing the same thing that we do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what do you hope that your kids learn from watching you be, you know, woodworker maker and also, you know, with the blogging, what are you hoping that they kind of get from, watching you do all of that? Um, I hope that they get a good sense of work ethic. Um, uh, my husband is a high school teacher, and he is always saying that this generation just has no sense of responsibility or work ethic, or, you know, they just feel that everything is going to be handed to them, and they're entitled, you know, and obviously that, that that's a blanket thing. I shouldn't say everybody's that way, but he has that, he runs into that a lot being a high school teacher. And so I try very hard to have my kids be involved and to do the chores that they need to and, and to get that sense of work ethic and know, you know, that they need to earn screen time and earn, you know, things that they want to buy or whatever so that they can grow up having that sense of a uh, work ethic. I said work ethic a lot in that, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's all good. <laughs> I keep thinking it's Saturday. It's fine. <laughs> well, luckily for you, Saturday is just around the corner. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, what would be your advice to a mom who wants to tackle a new skill such as making or DIY and is hesitant to get started? 
the best thing that I can say is to just do it. I don't have a whole lot of like fancy words of wisdom, but you can hum and haw and make up excuses all day long. But the minute that you pick up a drill and you start doing something for yourself, like you're going to feel that spark and you're going to feel that motivation. And if woodworking is your thing, if it's not, it could be work or it could be education or it could be whatever it is. I want moms to know that they can be an individual and a person outside of just being a stay-at-home mom. It's so easy to get sucked into that world and to just feel like lose yourself and feel like you're just a mom, but nobody's just a mom. Everybody is an individual and a person in addition to being a mom. And so I always feel like it's super important for women and for dads too, for men to, you know, find something that they're passionate about outside of being a parent. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. So how can people uh, find out more about you, follow along on your journey if they're not already? Where where should we look for you at? Um, I am mainly on Instagram at overalls and power saws, but you can go to my blog at overallsandpowersaws.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter at those same handles, but I'll be honest, I just have the repost from Instagram (laughs) turned on to my Facebook and Twitter. So they just automatically post the same thing I post on Instagram. So if you want to contact me or um, really follow along, Instagram is the best place to find me. Okay, well, awesome. Well, thanks again, uh, Britt, for talking with me today. I really appreciate it, learning more about you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Again, that was Britt with Overalls and Power Saws and such a great interview. I know that I learned quite a few things and I'm sure you did too. And as usual, I will include how you can follow along with Brittany in the show notes. So make sure that you head on over to www.makermompodcast.com. And just a reminder, because I haven't said this in a while, that when you go to that link, it will send you to the home page of Freeman Furnishings right now. And all you have to do is hit podcast in the upper left corner. And there you will find all the episodes with the show notes and you can listen there as well. Uh, and this is still temporary until I can get the new website up and going. Uh, one last plug and reminder, go ahead and head to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Maker Mom podcast join the tribe, make sure you're there before we have our next online meetup so that you can get in on the conversation. And until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. (music) 